All righty, hey there, folks. Guru and Wiz are back. We're moving and grooving on a, on a Sunday. Um, really enjoying. We're, mo- we're moving swiftly through these teams. We said we were going to do that. We really want to establish uh, a really good podcast that talks about each and every team in detail, and, and we're doing that and so we can be prepared for when the preseason gets going. Wiz, happy Sunday, and are you ready to discuss the L.A. Rams? I am. Um, let's get right to it. So it just seems it was just yesterday where that Jared Goff and that Rams offense with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and Reynolds is the fourth guy and, and Todd Gurley had an unstoppable offense. And then, um, you know, they got – the Gurley got hurt. Their offensive line was – uh, was crushed by injuries, and it just seems that they were unable to protect Jared Goff. Um, and then at some point in the second half of the season, they switched up their offense. They kind of went to a 12 personnel, um, and Cooper Cup's plays went down dramatically. His stats went down dramatically. So we'll get to the wider receivers, but I guess Jared Goff, Interesting guy. A couple of years ago, you know, he was certainly a quarterback one, a, you know, maybe even a top five, seven guy with all of those offensive weapons um, with the changing of the offense last year. But they drafted skilled players with their first two picks this year. What's your view on Jared Goff? Do you think he's a QB one or do you think that 12 personnel offense will be uh, prominent for the Rams this year, which would then move Goff out of quarterback one range? Well, 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 this is a very interesting topic. And uh, I was the owner of uh, Jared Goff in a couple of leagues last year. You and I happened to own him in one league. And, and you saw my fury uh, with this player about, I guess it was right after the bye week last year. And this guy, I mean, again, the whole offense looked horrendous. They, uh, they actually played, you know, when I looked a little bit closer, they played two, uh, three great defenses in a row. They played the Pittsburgh defense, they played the Bear defense, and they played, uh, and that, that weather was not a good game weather-wise, and then they played the Ravens. And this, he had zero touchdowns for three straight weeks. And I think you remember uh, at about 5.30 in the morning one, one week, uh, I decided to cut in, in a pre uh Pre-free agency move, I was cutting Jared Goff to pick up uh, Duck Hodges from uh, the Steelers. You you remember that, right? Devin Hodges uh, to drop Jared Goff, and I knew you had you know completely lost your mind um, with you know watching that. And that can happen when you watch fantasy football, right? Oh. Some of the you know you can watch it and you get furious with the play calling, the offensive line, his throws. It was all of it. I mean, so well, what do you, you know, taking all in consideration with their draft, their offensive line, the skill players remaining, um, the personnel they want to run, where would you put Jared Goff? Would you have him in that top 12 or just a little outside of it? What, what, what say you on Jared Goff? Yeah, for me, it's just a little bit outside of it. I, I, you know, I think I think some – some defenses definitely caught up with Sean McVay's offense. Uh, this team probably suffered from a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, which is which has been seen uh, frequently in the course of history in the NFL. And uh, you know, I'm going to have to be shown uh, 
uh, a little bit more inconsistency for me to believe in the player at this point in time. I, you know, again, I'm a little scarred having gone through what I did last year, but you know, it, as Wiz mentioned, and maybe it's a trend. It's not just the the Rams that are doing this. There's a number of teams in the NFL that look to be changing stylistically what they're doing. Uh, there are a number of fullbacks that are being signed. There are a number of teams that look like they're going to play more frequent two tight end sets. And as you mentioned, this is what we saw from the Rams. So, so maybe it's a different type of offense. You know, again, when Goff has some time and, and he can move a little bit out of the pocket, he's not the most mobile guy, but sometimes he, he can get out there and make the throws. But, but he definitely struggled. I mean, he made some of the worst throws that I saw all year last year under pressure. Um, so I'm going to let someone else make the deter- determination that he's a top 12 guy. For me, he's just outside of that range, you know, kind of in that, you know, whatever, 14 to 17 range. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a bad quarterback to have as your second quarterback if you're kind of streaming or if you're picking and choosing every week. Because I think you just want to see what the Rams look like on offense. So maybe if you draft them and they're back to that 12 personnel where they're running a lot, um, and they're not throwing the ball all over the field. Um, you know, you could drop him or start your other quarterback, but he could be an interesting guy. But as far as top 12 start every single week, I'm with you. I think I got to see it before I believe it. And, and um, I think, and I think, you know, look, as you mentioned, like he, he did have some really good games in the first half of the, of the year. And, and you mentioned Cup, and we'll talk about the player in a little while, you know, but that offense, you remember that game from a couple of years ago when the Rams played the Chiefs on a, was it a Monday or Sunday night? And it was 53. It was 50, like a 54, oh, 51 game. Yeah, or something and, like that. and I look at that and like, you know, we seem so far removed, uh, at least on the Rams side, from, from not offense doing that. Although I looked last year and it was interesting on the explosive play side, they did rank in the top five in the NFL on, on the passing side. But as you mentioned, they definitely took a step back at running back with Gurley being hurt. And it'll be interesting to see who kind of, takes the helm at the running back slot. But but this team, you know, was relying on that. And, you know, Gurley was so effective pre-injury. And I think, you know, it took the whole offense down. So, yeah, I'm going to be, like you said, I'm going to be the guy that's going to wait to see what this Ram offense looks like. Right, you know, and then uh, moving to the running back, it looked kind of me like, you know, heading into the draft that the Rams are going to say, okay, we like this thunder-lightning combination of uh, Henderson and Malcolm Brown. We're going to go with that. Uh, you know, we're going to kind of shore up our offensive line or defense early in the draft. And then, you know, when you think the team's going to do one thing, they do completely opposite and they take two skill picks with their first two picks. Uh, and their first pick in the second room, which was their second round pick, was Cam Akers from Florida State. There's a lot to like about that player. Um, this is one of those situations where, you know, a lot of a lot of in a lot of teams you have two or three guys, but they, you can kind of figure out what the picking order is going to be. This one is a real head scratcher. I could see it going any of the three guys uh, becoming the starter. The, the downside to Acres is not being able to get in there and get familiar with the offense with this pandemic that's going on, him not getting the reps. Um, otherwise, I think there would have been a real chance for Cam Akers to, to, to get in there immediately. Um, but Henderson's a player that they were really high on. I don't think they've given up on that player. Um, and he is talented and explosive, and he is 
is kind of like in that Darwin Thompson mold. And Malcolm Brown, you know, when he stayed on the field, what's not to like about that player? He is tough, physical, um, and they all bring different elements to their game. And this is a real three-headed monster that can go any direction. What view do you have on these three guys? Yeah, I think um, that's a great analysis in terms of going into the season, what this is going to potentially look like. Um, you know, Henderson is also coming back from a surgery, which is, which is kind of interesting. When I look at most people's projections coming into the year, for sure, it looks like they have Cam Akers ranked, ranked uh, ahead of the other two players. And again, as Wiz mentioned, I struggle with that in, a, in, a, you know, in the pandemic world that we're in. Um, and also we know that rookies do take time to come around on the on the on the pass blocking side so it will be quite interesting I think there'll, there'll be some leagues especially with dynasty leagues where acres will have more of the appeal than the other two players um, I think look you got to see how Henderson heals Malcolm Brown is to me probably the guy that will start the season as the as the lead back um, but you know it's a situation that probably will be pretty fluid I, I've seen comments but McVeigh basically saying that he has three solid backs so I think a little bit of a headache for the fantasy community. I'd say the one thing about Akers, too, and you, you've talked about this. You know, he was really surrounded by inferior talent at Florida State. Um, so, you know, it's a player that probably underperformed as a result of the cast around him. So, you know, maybe, maybe as, as he gets catapulted into a, into a different situation, you know, he could, he could really shine. But, but I think it makes it a little bit more challenging just given the circumstances that we're in. So I'm, I'm kind of wait and see on this running back situation, probably a situation that I personally shy away from. Yeah, some interesting things to like about Cam Akers. Unlike um, some of the other rookies, he's a, a skilled Pass blocker, he'll have no problem pass protection. He'll have no problem uh, receiving out of the backfield as well. Um, he, he was playing with putrid offensive players and offensive plays and calling and play calling at Florida State. He was just, you know, such a good player and with a head coach that could use him in the right way and design plays for him. Uh, there's a lot to like about Cam Akers, but I, I kind of said the same thing about Henderson going into last year. So a lot to like about that player as well. And, and Malcolm Brown, when he's been on the field, has done nothing wrong. I mean, you see glimpses of brilliance with Malcolm Brown when he's, you know, gotten there for Gurley. So, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I'd say the one thing, uh, to your point, Brown seems to have a real nose for the end zone. You know, when, when he's gotten in there and given the opportunity, and they have not been afraid to give him the ball clo- close in, um, you know, even with the girly situation. That's the, that's the one thing I would say. So there, there, is, there is a set, I think there is a set confidence in the player. There's definitely, there definitely is. I mean, I, I just, uh, I, I think you know, you could, you could do very well if you get, if you get, if you draft one of those guys, and then one, of, one of the other two you don't draft gets hurt, and or your guy becomes the main guy. You could do, you you could hit the jackpot and do really well in a fantasy draft if your guy becomes the primary guy and it's the lion's share of the carries. That being said, it is a likelihood, you know, that they're not going to get hurt, all three of them, and, and you're going to be in somewhat of a, t- a frustrating timeshare. So it, it's difficult. But from the Rams' perspective and for Jared Goff, I think it's all positives and all plus that they have three good football players at the running back spot that they could get the ball to in the running, back, in the running game and the passing game as well. 
Um, moving on to the wide receiver, this is a wide receiver position. This is another rock-solid position for the Rams. Anytime you start up with the, di- the dynamic duel of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, um, you know, you're going to be in, in, in good position. Uh, Cooper Cup was losing a lot of playing time and didn't play as many plays nearly as he did in the first half when the Rams went to 12 personnel. But I think with the Brandon Cooks trade, I, I think they're going to remedy that um, with kind of Reynolds and Van Jefferson splitting that third and fourth receiver and Cup and Woods being the main guys. Um, Cooper Cup. You know, his numbers went down in the second half because he wasn't playing as much and partly because his numbers in the first half were so tremendous um, that it would be tough to duplicate that. But Robert Woods is rock solid. um, And in the PPR leagues, um, those are just two good players to draft. Uh, I think Robert Woods is probably emerging as the number one guy there, uh, which is probably right. But, uh, what are you? Uh, what are your views on the Rams? Which guys, uh, the Ram wide receivers? Which guys would you be looking to draft? And uh, how do you how do you rate them? So, so I love both of these players. Uh, I, I would say that Robert Woods is probably the most undervalued, you know, kind of top receiver in the league. You know, this is a guy that's had twelve hundred yards in each of the last two seasons. 176 catches um, in uh, in one year, 90, one year, 86. Uh, Last year, he had a a personal issue. Hopefully, everything's been sorted with his family. That was never really uh, articulated what it was, but but he came back strong from that. I I just think he's a guy where I see he's ranked like kind of in the top, you know, not in the top 20. He's like outside like the top 20 in in some some draft uh, prognostications. I completely disagree with that. I really love Woods for a measure of consistency. I think the one thing that wasn't like last year as he only got in the end zone a couple of times. But the one thing is a player that's constantly getting handoffs. He probably runs he's probably runs for 100 to 150 yards in addition every single year. So I think Woods is really kind of understated as a, as a fantasy football contributor. I think he should be ranked higher. Uh, and I think you can almost rank the two players, you know, Cup and Woods right next to one another. I think they're just outside the top 10. Although, as you mentioned last year, you know, Cup started the year and he was the, he was the top fantasy receiver. I mean, I know you love the player going into the season. He was unbelievable. The scary thing is that last year he went from 86 targets in the first eight games and dropped to 47 in the last eight. Uh, he did finish the season strong. Uh, you know, Higby became a more prominent part of the offense in the second half of the year. I mean, we don't know. Maybe there was an injury story there that we don't know about. But to go from 86 to 47 targets and from the first eight games to the second eight games, that's a big departure. I think he's too talented. And as you mentioned, with, with Cook's gone, I, I love these two receivers. I think they're right next to one another. And I would rank them just outside the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are rock solid. There's no question about that. And Reynolds and and Van Jefferson. There's a lot to like about those players as well. Um, so what I would say is, go ahead and draft Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. And if you can, uh, they won't let you down. They're rock solid. And as far as you know, Reynolds and and Van Jefferson. Look, keep your eye on you know what's going on with the depth chart. See which guy maybe is playing more. And then if there's an injury to either one of the two players that we've been talking about, a wide receiver, certainly go in and, and grab uh, either one of those wide receivers. They could do some things uh, in terms of in terms of playing time. Um, 
you know, they basically traded Cooks and they got a draft pick and then they took Van Jefferson. So it makes sense what the Rams did. They got younger and then kind of concerned about Brandon Cooks with the concussion. So uh, anything else you wanted to add about the Rams wide receivers? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. I'm going to leave it there and uh, we'll, we'll head off to the tight end position. Yeah, so the Rams were basically, you know, the last couple of years were going with like a mixture of Higby and Everett and, you know, both players were being used and neither guy was distinguishing themselves. And then Gerald Everett got hurt and Tyler Higby got in there and wow. I mean, his last five games were, were just outrageous. I mean, they're like league winner type 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 numbers. And in his last five games, he caught 43 passes for 522 yards and two touchdowns. So if you average that out over five weeks, that's over eight catches and over 100 yards a week. That's like Gronk-type stuff, maybe even better than like, – I don't know if Gronk's ever had a five-week stretch like that. So my question to you about Tyler Higby is – which one of these three things are you going to take a, a view on? You're going to say there's no reason to think that he can't, you know, he's not, you know, keep, and I'm not saying he's going to keep those numbers up, but there's no reason that he should not be a top tight end. Do you think that was kind of a fluke and you think he's going to be overvalued and you're going to shy away? Or is it somewhere in between those two things? Give us your view on Tyler Higby. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, this is, as good a finish, and I and I do love to watch how players finish a season, and you know, and I think it's very fresh in my mind every time I turned around. I know you picked him up uh, in our uh, in our in our Pelham League. You picked him up, gosh, I don't know, midway through the season, and you you got him for a dollar as a dynasty guy this year, and I, and I know you're keeping him. Um, I am really intrigued here, and I think the fact that there's been the Brandon Cooks departure, and the team was playing these. You know, two tight end sets a lot more. I think this leans towards the latter. Well, sorry, the middle suggestion where I think this is a player that's going to be a significant part of this offense and a guy that I think should be ranked just outside, you know, in that equation of the Andrews, um, you know, that we did, and the Waller types. I, I think he's going to be right up there, you know, probably just below. But he's a player to me that, that just intrigues me, and I just love the way he finished the season. And like I said, one less mouth to feed in, in, uh, in, in Cooks and a team that's probably going to do their, you know, sp- spend a little bit different time on offense the way they run it, you know, in terms of maybe a little bit less 11 personnel and, and more 12 personnel continuing uh, in, in the second, you know, given what they did in the second half of the year. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would agree with all of that. I, I think uh, there's a lot to like about Tyler Higby, the, the the confidence level and the comfort level that Jared Goff had with him. Um, you know, especially those those last handful of teams uh, was was strong, and there's, there's no reason to you know to believe that that's uh, you know that's not going to continue. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you know Tyler Higby is a player that a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of people are high on uh, this coming year, and I think he should be uh, rock solid. Uh, there was anything else you wanted to uh, talk about? The kicking game, the defense. Uh, what did you? Uh, what do you have to say about that? Well, first off, I don't even. I have never even heard. There's there's like two or three guys listed in the kicking position. I've never even heard of any of these guys. You know, Greg Zerlin has moved on to Dallas, where I think he'll be a top five guy. These guys don't have a uh, kicker that I've even heard about. So um, 
I don't know what to say because they were always very reliant on a guy like Greg Greg Zerline who could just walk out there and, and, and attempt a kick from 50-odd yards at any point in time, and, and McVay wasn't afraid to use that player. I don't know who the hell no, these players they, are. Yeah, they, yeah, they're gonna, yeah they're, it's going to be interesting. I wonder if you know that's going to make them be a little bit more daring on offense and go for a little bit more. Uh, do you think the Rams uh, make a resurgence on defense? What's the... What's the view with their defense uh, special teams? Uh, anytime you have Aaron Donald and he's capable of sacking the opposing quarterback a handful of times, you know, something to keep an eye on. But do you think the Rams are completely off your defensive radar? You know, uh, y- yes, you mentioned they have Aaron Donald and he's just an outstanding player. You know, they, they, they mortgage the future a bit to pick up, you know, Jalen Ramsey from Jacksonville. Uh, but when I look at the rest of the defense, there's just not a lot that excites me Excites me here. I don't think it's a great linebacking core. Uh, there are holes in the secondary despite the Jalen Ramsey uh, you know, trade. So I, I don't know. To me, this is a defense that I'm not really super keen on. Uh, after you know, stellar efforts a couple of seasons ago, I just don't see that being the case uh, coming into this season. Yeah, I, would, uh, I would agree with that. All righty, so what does that mean next? Um, you know, do, do uh, so actually, I just want to finish on one point. I, I mentioned it in this podcast, uh, Wiz. Do, do, do you think, uh, you know, do you think there is a little bit of a resurgence in, in, in style change here where, I don't know, maybe like the, the, the Kyle Shanahan systems and, and, and their, the employment of, of more two tight end sets and more emphasis on the running game and some of these fullbacks, you know, I, we didn't mention it in the Cleveland uh, podcast and I'm really disappointed, but they brought in Andy Janovich uh, in addition to bringing in uh, Stefanski there. You know, I, I mentioned the, the, the Niners and they got a guy like Juice Check who at, at fullback. You know, are, are we are we turning a, a, a page here a little bit where we'll get a little bit away from these 11 personnels and we're going to start looking at more teams trying to do more interesting things surrounding the run game and with their tight end sets i i think that's definitely going to be true with teams whose offensive line can hold up and 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 get their you know end up getting their quarterback hurt or pummeled in in some of these games where they just can't protect so it's it's a good way of not only you know running the ball better but to, you know to use play action off of that and go with the short passing game which i think you know the rams kind of want to do yeah I, I could see some teams doing that uh you know if they don't have the offensive line to hold up and and have their quarterback drop back and run these one cross crossing patterns that take a little time to develop so i, I think the rams want to utilize that quick crossing you know the their quick pass passing game, more of a West Coast offense, and I think they will for sure be often playing with, with 12 personnel, as will other teams that just can't, um, you know, stand up uh, play after play, and I think Tampa Bay is another team which we'll get to down the road as well, that you're going to see a ton of 12 personnel will. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I, and I actually saw where Bruce Arian said that that's going to be their base offense. So really uh, great to talk about all this stuff. Uh, our next two podcasts that we'll be doing was going to be the L.A. Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. So those should be interesting. Please make sure you listen to Guru and Wiz. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get those automatic notifications because these are going to keep coming fast and furiously. So, Wiz, thanks very much for another engaging 20-odd minutes of football talk. Got it.